So let's just get into the word and see what it has to say to us. One of the great things about this church is you come to this church and God's going to speak to you. And he might even speak to you directly. Like you're going to get everybody, like open up your ears and eyes. Be sensitive to what the Spirit is doing. You're going to get something. If you don't, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, but you're going to get something today. God's going to speak to you if you're receptive and if you're open. But in a church like this, where our mission is to see, our mission is a relationship with God and a relationship with others, and our vision is to see this, this kingdom thing begin to flesh out, to see heaven on earth, to see the kingdom of heaven begin to, to manifest itself in our own personal lives, and to begin to move ourselves into that type of a reality and that type of a realm when we wake ourselves up to the, the truth that spirit is more real than this. And then we began to see miracles take place. And you hang out here too long, and there will be a pastor, an elder, a leader of some sort. This is where it gets a little scary. You look right into your soul, and you can speak for God. Um... I like media, but you can't get that from TV. You can't get that from TV preachers, even though they say that they can you know, heal you through the screen. I'm not quite sure I'm convinced of that one yet. <laughs> no, there's something about being a part of the corporate body of Christ that is so powerful and so anointed, and it, this is what changes the world. All right, get your Bibles out. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is disobedient to do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is the light that makes everything visible. And this is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. What I would like for you to underline today in your Bibles, write it down in your notes. Take a picture of it with your phone so that you can remember it later during the week. Is the part right in the middle. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I have this idea that we can come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Like you can actually move yourself into faith. You can say, you know what? I know that there's something wrong with the world. I know that there's something wrong with me. 
I don't want to go to hell, I want to go to heaven. Right? I think we all have these thoughts. And they're legitimate and they're appropriate. And then you choose salvation by faith. By faith, I choose Christ. And then you're good to go. But I don't necessarily know that that means that you're awake. You can live in this world. You can be a part of this world. You can choose Christ. He can be your Savior. But I still think that you can be asleep. If that wasn't the case, then why did Paul say, wake up, O sleeper? Wake up. It's time to wake up here. You accepted Jesus into your heart. It's time to wake up. Uh, the video illustration that we're going to skip the day is one of my favorite movies called The Matrix, and where our hero, Neo, the one, Neo backwards is one. You know, it's like it's a blatant ripoff. He's a full-blown Christ type. He's got Jesus all over this movie, and Buddha, and, and all these other gods too. But, um, but it's, it's undeniably a Christ type. He's a Christ type. He's the Savior. He's the one. He's the chosen one. He's been prophesied over all this kind of stuff. But the thing is about him that looks a lot like us is he's living in a world that's just not quite real. Do you ever feel like you're living in a world that's just not quite real? Like everything around us is just a little bit of a haze. Even though it's tangible, even though you're breathing air, even though there is, um, you have to pay your taxes, you have to go to church, something's not right with the world. You know when I see it the most? When I, when I realize that there's something not quite right with this world? Yes, it is when I pay my taxes. Um, <laughs> but I know there's something not right with this world when I have to bury somebody. That is this, like, whenever I have to go into a hospital and I pray for a dying person or I see a corpse and you're looking at the corpse and it's like, that's just not right. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. I don't have language for it. But I know that death is not right. I know that I wasn't created for death and neither were you. Of course, it's inevitable because we live in these tangible bodies, but at the same time, we have been called to life, and we have life in the Spirit. So what I want us to begin to think about is waking up in the Spirit, knowing that you will live forever if Jesus is the Lord of your life. But then the higher calling of just waking up, walking in, stepping into the kingdom of heaven. And this is what our hero, hero Neo did. Like he knew that there was something wrong with the world. He was working in a cubicle. How many people have to work in a cubicle? I'm sorry. I will pray for you later. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we have to do our jobs, right? We have to go to work. I shouldn't bash cubicles. I mean, cubicles are great. Um, but that routine, that day in, day out thing, which is we all got to pay our bills. I'm not bashing that at all. You, also, you need to go to work. But there's more to life than punching your time clock. There's more to life than getting your bills taken care of. There's more to life than advancing your career. No, no, that's just, that's just the surface. What actually what we're doing here is the essence of life. Connecting to God our Father is the essence of life. And our hero is presented with two pills. Uh, he knows that something's not right with the world. He's a little bit rebellious, right? A little bit, you know, kicking up against the stuff. He's a computer hacker, right? Um, 
And the, the guru or the, the mystical man comes into his life and says, you need to choose. You're going to choose the red pill or you're going to choose the blue pill. If you stay on the blue pill, you're going to continue in this state of being a zombie in this life. You're going to go back to your, your cubicle. You're going to punch your time clock. You're going to eat your noodles. And life was just going to be this kind of dull and boring uh, expression. And you actually see it in the film. Everything, it's, it's got a, gre- a green tint to the whole thing. And the, the directors did that on purpose to make it feel like it's as dull and grungy and dingy and, and just icky. And he says, or oh, you could take the, the red pill. You take this red pill, and I'm going to show you how far down this rabbit hole goes. We're going to move you out of the matrix, and we're going to move you into the kingdom of heaven where things are real and not fake. So he takes this pill, and then crazy stuff happens. you got to see the movie. I remember when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. He takes this pill, he wakes up into a completely different reality. So cool. It's as if he woke up from being a slave. He woke up from out of bondage. He actually had a break. He broke out of a system. He broke out of religion. And uh, we're celebrating Martin Luther. His 500-year anniversary is on the 31st this year. So 500 years ago, on Halloween, they didn't call it Halloween then. It was all Saints' Eve, all Hollow's Eve. He not only made a decision... He decided, I'm going to break out of this system, this religious pollution, this ickiness that I feel. I know that the world's not right. I know that I'm not right. And he nails 95 arguments against religion on a church door. And that might seem kind of silly, but we would not be sitting here if it wasn't for that day. It was huge what happened. And what he says, he says, I am waking up. I'm waking up to the gospel truth. And on this statement, I'm going to stand that it is only by God's grace that we have been saved. It's nothing that we do in the natural. It's nothing that we do to earn God's love. We we can't buy our way into heaven. We can't attend our way into heaven. No, this is a lifestyle. And Luther woke up to it. And this is how he did it, I believe. He came up with five, they call them solas. They call them uh, five only ways. Do you need to wake up? Maybe you got saved a long time ago. Maybe you grew up in the church, but you're just feeling like you're asleep. You're just feeling like you're going through the emotions. How many of you here last week and you met our evangelist? Don't you want to be like him? <laughs> An average guy, a finance guy, sells everything and serves Jesus? Who does that these days? He had no grit. He he didn't grow up in church. And what they're doing in Los Angeles right now is absolutely incredible. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, get last week's sermon. you got to watch it. So how do you get from complacency to waking up? See, Luther was, he was a little bit complacent. He was definitely fearful. He was definitely stressed out. He definitely was uh, beating himself up and guilty and, and full of shame. 
he wakes up. And his first only, his first thing that really woke him up, write this down, there's going to be five. If I have time, I'm going to add my own. I'm going to add a sixth because I'm not Lutheran. I'm charismatic. The first is sola scriptura, soli by great, soli by scripture. Scripture alone, basically, is how it translates. Scripture alone, God's word. He, Luther, knew the Bible. He had his PhD in theology. He probably could quote most of it. Yet he did not understand what the gospel message of Jesus was. Isn't that a crazy thought to think about? That you can know the word of God so intellectually, but you cannot necessarily know it within your heart. And then one day he's just reading scripture. Maybe you've had this experience where you've read a scripture over and over and over again. Maybe it's become uh, too familiar and familiarity breeds contempt. It has no meaning to you. And then 10 years later, you read the same scripture and something just pops up inside of it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've never seen the word of God this way. And this is what happens with Luther. He realized, oh my gosh, we're saved by grace alone. All this work stuff is garbage. I thought I was a righteous guy. My righteousness, he's got all kinds of colorful words about righteousness, self-righteousness. So does Paul. I encourage you to read your Bibles. Read it in the Greek. Read Paul's language in the Greek about righteousness. You go, oh, you can't say that. Luther woke up because, one, he had an encounter. Two, he chose to swallow the red pill. But you know what really woke him up? Is when he began to consume his Bible. He went from just studying that book and preparing in that book and lecturing from that book. No, he moved himself into a completely different state where he was consuming the word of God on a consistent and daily basis. And so if you want to wake up, if you want to be like our hero Nero, Nero, no, he's not a hero. He's the, he's the guy that burned Christians. Neo, if you want to be like our hero Neo, and if you want to be like a world changer like Martin Luther, if you want to be even be like a modern day saint like Steve Ugin, who's, who is completely dismantling Los Angeles right now, if you want to be like one of those game changers, consume the word of God. You eat every bit of it. Memorize that thing. Better yet, when you crack your Bible, invite the Holy Spirit into the process. Yeah? Read it with God. Not just read it by yourself. Read it with God. God, what, is you, what are you going to tell me today from your word? Which book do I need to read? Which verses, do you, which verses apply to me? I remember everybody have done this. God, would you speak to me today? And then you go like this. It's actually worked for me once. All the other 99 times it did not work. So no, just... just Take time. Dedicate the time to this book, Solo Scriptura, solely by Scripture. Number two, Sola Fide, solely by faith in Jesus Christ. Faith, again, faith is that action of actually taking that pill and swallowing it, but you've got to make sure you're swallowing the right pill. Faith in Jesus. Again, you can have faith in a lot of things. You can have faith in yourself. You can have faith in Buddha. You can have faith in secular humanism. There's a lot of things that you can have faith in. But if you want to wake up, 
You need to have faith in Christ alone. It's one choice. But then it begins to become a gift. We begin to get into this gift of faith. What is that gift of faith, Pastor Josh? The gift of faith will change your life. The gift of faith will get you beyond a devastation that says, somebody broke in, violated everything, stole all my food, stole all my money, vandalized my place. The gift of faith will say, you can get through this. I'm going to give you faith to go on to the next level. This problem, this issue, you will have faith to overcome it. And you will actually begin to develop yourself and to build yourself up to where you will actually be bigger than your problem. Let me ask you, are you bigger than your problem right now? In Christ you are, and we need to see that today. In Christ, every single problem that we face is an opportunity for us to grow and to get bigger. David could not become a king until he fought a giant. So he had to pass the giant test before he could pass the king test. So where are you in this process? You can't go straight to being a king or a queen. You have to fight a giant first. And sometimes before you fight a giant, you have to fight your own brothers and sisters. (laughs) So where are you in this process? Are you stuck just at your brothers and sisters who are giving you some negative feedback? And you need to say, oh, I'm bigger than them. I'm not a grasshopper. I'm a giant killer, so let's just go on, let's just skip this process, and let's go on to the giant. And then you need to see the giant, say, I'm no longer a giant, I'm a king and a queen, that's my identity in Christ, right? So, solely by faith. Number three, sola gracia, this is the, actually the linchpin of the whole thing, solely by grace that we have been saved. It is grace alone, we can't do a thing. Crazy Grace. Even your faith doesn't save you. It is your faith in Jesus that activates it. The Bible says it is by grace that we have been saved through faith in Jesus. Did you see that whole thing? It is by grace that we have been saved through faith in Jesus. So it's not even our own will and our own action that saves us. It's God's grace that saves us because he's the one that paid all the prices. It's it. I've got to spend more time on that. It's another whole sermon. Solely by Christ. This is the hard part. Christ alone in our life. This is number, what is it? We're on number four. Christ alone must be our Lord, our shepherd, our healer, and our king, is what Luther would say. That means that you're not... (laughs) Our friend Steve Ugin says, you're not, the, you're not the, the leader of your own life anymore. You submit yourself to Christ, he's the leader of your life. You're not. You can't call the shots anymore. You have to allow him to call the shots. Isn't that weird to think about? We don't like that because we don't like anybody telling us what to do. I want to encourage you today, if you want to wake up, allow Jesus to tell you what to do. His ideas are better than your ideas. His ways are better than your ways. He can prepare you into the kingdom a lot faster than your will can propel yourself into the kingdom. Allow him. Submit to Jesus. It's actually a better deal. There's more encouragement. There's more power. There's more healing. There's more freedom. There's more fruit when we allow Jesus to be our king solely by Jesus. And then the last one's really cool too, which is not a whole lot of coverage on this one, but it is solely our main identity is only 
in, to give God glory. So why are you here? What's your purpose? What's your identity? Is it that so God can bless you? Of course God wants to bless you. He's looking for all kinds of reasons and excuses to bless you. He was waiting to bless you. He's so excited to bless you. But your purpose in this life is to give God glory. Ah, that messes with you, doesn't it? Wait a minute, I thought my purpose in my life was to, I don't know, what do you want to do? Be a rock star, uh, white picket fence, retirement. Well, I don't know, what your, what's your purpose? Do you even know what your purpose is? The Word of God says your purpose, your sole purpose, is to give God glory. Amen. Augustine says, it is the glory of God that man is fully alive. Do you, do you, see, the, you see where the, it crosses paths right there? It is, in, it is for the glory of God that man is fully alive. So how do you live your life where you're actually giving glory to God? You need to be living it, you need to live life as in the full. You need to be happy, you need to be full of joy, you need to, ha you need to have the best uh, outlook on life for yourself and for everybody around you. You give God glory when you overcome those obstacles in life. What's the obstacle right now? What is bigger than you right now? Is it your financial situation? Is it a relationship issue? Is it a marital issue? Is it a direction issue? Is it physical? Um, all right, you all know that I went through four surgeries in two years. It was not fun. I know, we're, this is the crazy part. We're praying for people as I'm going through this difficulty in like this area. Um, as I'm going through this difficulty, people around me are getting healed physically, radically. I'm actually praying for people that are getting healed for what I have. That's not fair, right? Do you see how frustrating that is? And so I go into this process of like, ah, oh, I don't want to do another surgery. God, just heal me instead. Have you ever done this one? Why am I going through this, God? Why would you allow this to happen, God? I know you're asking these questions. You probably asked these questions this week. Hello, Jesus. <laughs> what do you think? Where was I? See? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, God didn't heal me. So I had another surgery, and it worked. But here's the thing. I, I had to be on opiates for pain. I know how hard that is now. I didn't know how hard that was before. So if you're going through that, I have empathy for you now. I don't know, two years ago, I'd be like, suck it up, buttercup. Just quit taking the dang pills, right? Why don't you quit your whining? It's not that bad. Just quit taking the pills. No, I understand. I do. I got myself to the point where, okay, this pain's going away, but that rattle of that bottle feels really good. Dang it. 
Dang it, dang it, dang it. I got myself dependent on these things. I didn't even realize it. It took me a good week to get off. I didn't sleep that entire week, jonesing and sweating the whole thing. I'm telling you today, you can get off those opiates. It's hard. You're going to fail. It's not going to be easy. You're not going to want to. But it will be good for you because it's going to wake you up. And the little tinge of pain is worth it compared to that stuff messing with your mind. And you need to have your mind set free. So let's just get off that stuff, amen? We'll probably spend more time on this because I think that that's just where our culture's at. It is a full-blown epidemic, is it not? Yeah. What do you need to wake up from in your life today? What is the dullness? What is the... Where you're just not quite alive. What is it? What is it? I think waking up can be an instantaneous thing where everything just turns technicolor. Sometimes it's just a process. This part of my life needs to wake up. This part of my life needs to wake up. This part of my life needs to wake up. And again, I don't think you can do it unless you do those five things. And this is where our theology comes in, because we're that kind of church. You can't do it without praying in the Spirit. You can't do it without interceding with prayers and groans and saying, God, I need you and allow your Spirit to pray. I think Luther left that part out. There's six. You need a prayer life that is dynamic, that is powerful, dare I say, that is emotional. Do you have an emotional prayer life? Hmm? You should. You should allow the Spirit to pray through you. Pray what God is praying. Yeah, you need to pray your stuff. You need to complain to God. Not too much, but you need to make your request known before God. But then you need to make that shift, move yourself into the kingdom of heaven, and begin to pray what God is praying, and pray what God's will is for your life. And you're going to see everything change. I've got to have the band to come to the front. You guys okay? Yeah. Yes. Let's pray now. And then uh, I'm going to open up, and Marina's going to close in prayer. If you have not woken up to the gospel message of grace, if you have not been saved, now is a good, now's a good time to do that. If you just need to wake up, if your spirit needs to wake up, if you feel like, yeah, I made that decision, but I still feel like I'm living in a world that's not real, I want to encourage you. Right now, as we pray, just to press on into God's presence, press on into prayer. If you need somebody to speak directly into you, our elders and our pastors and our prayer partners, we're going to be back here on the side. This is, what you, this is what you get at this church. You get one-on-one attention. You get contact. You get somebody that loves you, that will pray for you. That's what you get at this church. I want to encourage you to do it. I used to, all right, one little quick story. Uh, we pray for the sick almost every Sunday in, in this church, and there was a season where nobody was getting healed. They were coughing on me. They were getting me sick. 
like, this, this is terrible. I didn't sign up for this. And then I went to another church. I went to a healing conference because, like, I'm not going to push into this. I'm going to figure this stuff out. Went to this healing conference, going through the material. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is all John Wimber's stuff. I've taught this course. Like, I know all this stuff intellectually. And then I realized that the only difference, this is my take home from the whole thing, the only difference is there's a group of strangers that don't know me from Adam, and they love me. And they're a little weird, but that's okay, because it doesn't matter, because they love me. And then we begin to see healing breaking out in our church again. So it's just a matter of, frankly, it's just a matter of the heart. So Heavenly Father, right now, I just pray that your spirit comes. I pray that it just brings a, a healing balm into our midst. God, we just ask that this church continue just to be activated in the gifts of the Spirit. All of them, all of them are for the day. Healing, prophecy, words of knowledge, angelic tongues, uh, teaching, all of these gifts, hospitality. God, we, we need to be activated in all of the gifts. God, I pray that our lifestyle will be an evangelistic expression for your glory, God, that we do things for you and not for us. God, I pray right now that you just break off this self-centered righteousness that we think that we have, that, that God owes us something. God, minister to our hearts in a deep way. And right now, in this very moment, just begin to activate those gifts so that we can advance the kingdom of heaven. Keep our eyes closed and just put your hand on your heart. We're going to talk to our bodies today. And you can repeat after me. We'll do it together. We're going to activate. <laughs> Say, heart, wake up, arise. Jesus, shine your light on me. Wake me up. I want the real thing. Spirit, we just ask you to fall on this church family today. You're not far away, you're right here, and we're talking to you like you're right here. Father, I just bless what you're doing. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for results. I thank you for what we're going to notice this week. I ask you to just pump new blood into us, pump new life into us, revive these hearts, take the scales off our eyes. I need it too. And Father, we just, we let go of anything that's keeping us from you. So Father, we pray in Jesus' name.